Jim. Cowboy. Jim. 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 The leadership Jim, of a charismatic Jim, man. Jim. 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 Wait a Jim, second. Who Jim, are we talking Jim, about? Jim. Rawr. I feel fine, but do I sound like I should be broadcasting from home? I think I sound like a little bit, right? But I feel fine. Do I look fine? Don't answer that, Tony. Don't answer that. Congress in the state says uh, they're considering legislation that would bring back mental institutions. I think they're going to call it Congress. Isn't that where um, what's-her-face is? You guys know what I mean by what's-her-face. Good point, Jim. But what's-her-face? Experts say multivitamins are useless. Read more about it in a report called Multivitamins, the next liberal arts degree. In Florida, they actually celebrate Martin Luther King Day in a state where you can't mention race when teaching about Rosa Parks. Today is Blue Monday, which is considered the most depressing day of the year. I think that was yesterday. If you're a Leaf, Cowboys, or Browns fan... I'm Jim Richards. It's News Talk tonight Uh on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Here's your host, Jim Richards. Blue Monday. We'll find out what the hell Blue Monday is. I know it's supposed to be the most depressing day of the year. How many of you uh, feel that it's the most depressing day of the year? 71010, you can text me. I think there's three things in it. I'm going to do more research on this. I know you think by the time the guy goes on the air, he doesn't know already. Maybe I do. Okay. Maybe I'm trying to make it a little bit of a uh, a quiz for you. I know it's the sh- like the short days, the bills are coming in, all that sort of thing. You realize you're stuck here until March. You know, yesterday when the uh, did I mention this on Friday? Friday we were here. By the way, we were doing a great show, and Vancouver had minus twenty temperatures, minus twenty in Vancouver. I remember I was in Vancouver for the Winter Olympics in 2010. The Winter Olympics 2010. And the tulips were coming up. Yeah. The plant. The tulips were coming up. And here you got minus 20. I just found that that story went nowhere. Ever tell the story that went nowhere? Don't get into radio. It's not a good move to have stories that go nowhere. Didn't I, I tried to do that as a talk show topic one time. Um, oh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, you, the, the, the saying is, I guess you had to be there, you know, when you tell a story and then you let everybody down and everybody's waiting for the payoff. And then you're like, eh, I guess you had to be there. I had people call in with bad stories. And you know what? I should have known this. The idea of, hey, having bad stories. Why did I think if people called in and told bad stories, it would be a good segment? You got to know better when you're in in this business, folks. And I still didn't at that point know better is all I'm trying to say. Okay. Jim Richards has issues on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Governments considering, encouraged by all sorts of people to 
extend the deadline that many small businesses have to repay their pandemic loans, and the callers agree. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I think we should take it on a case-by-case basis. Ah, case-by-case basis. Line up thousands, hundreds of thousands of businesses. Yes, we're going to take it. Now, we don't have time for that. Uh, any other ideas? But uh, you know what? The government enticed everybody to take this loan. We're all in this together, so now they got to extend it. I mean... It is what it is. Sorry. You know, it you is what it is. Uh, there you go. Sorry. It is what it is. I do. I agree with him. It is what it is. Listen, you came out of the pandemic. People didn't have a lot of money to shop. Then you had the work shortage. Then you had inflation and businesses are having a tough time, you know, building up any kind of uh, revenue to pay these things off. I do agree that the deadline should be extended. For businesses, is that closed down? Why? Well, because the government asked them to. What about the, the businesses that uh, their clientele may not be as well-to-do, mm-hmm. or they're in a poor neighborhood, yep. or whatever, and they're... Blame the poor them. people. That's what we should do. Why can't you guys be richer? I opened this store here, and I wish you were all richer, but it was this call that really tugged at my heartstrings. The owner was looking quite fretful, and I asked about it. I teach uh, financial math, and I said, hey, what's going on? And she talked about her SIBA loan and how the day before she'd gone to the bank to start negotiating because the deadline is is looming, and she was offered an interest rate of 10.7%. That is steep, and that's what's happening in a lot of these places. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you can extend the loan, just go to your bank, and then that's what you have. So, listen, final word on this goes to me, most important person on my show, government. If you're listening to this show, Justin Trudeau or uh, Christy Freeland, and you probably are, they always do. Um, extend it, okay? Just extend it. Madonna left people in Toronto waiting for two hours, and then she comes on and she goes, "Hey, Boston, are you ready to go?" Are you ready, Boston? I'm ready. Are you ready, Toronto? Oops. Uh, by the way, you should get your money back if you have to wait two hours for a show. And then Madonna comes out and doesn't even know who the hell you are. Tony, why the hell are you mad at people who are mad at Madonna? Everybody should get their money back. What is, what is, why are you defending her? I'm uh, just suggesting that she did a great show from the people that I know that went there. And, uh, yeah, uh, I... I mean, she can't possibly be the only person that's ever been late for a concert. I'm just saying. I remember uh, back in the day when uh, the uh, Guns N' Roses were late. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Man, they were like like ridiculously late, and they would just jam out music. And on the big screen, the cameras would patrol the um, the stands, and I am not condoning this, but in the stands, it would just be a bunch of people and people flashing the camera and that would be like two hours that kept some oh these terrible people kept some of them happy but that's what would happen at the guns and roses show on friday i did some talking to a person who was a representative in toronto for the palestinian youth movement and uh they were convinced that the police the police are taking it on the chin people are saying hey 
Why aren't you arresting people who are clearly targeting a Jewish community who are, why are you bringing coffee to protesters and why haven't you arrested a dude that is threatening to kill someone? So the police have looked like they've done that, that either they're sympathizing with the Palestinian protesters or they've done everything in their power not to escalate things. But yet the Palestinian protesters are concerned. What? It's not new to see the police uh, speak about folks um, who are not white in in this dehumanizing, criminalizing manner. Um, It's a consistent trend. And and so the police saying, hey, we want to make sure that people in a predominantly Jewish community feel safe. That we've got them saying, oh, you're targeting people of color in that neighborhood. No, we want to make sure that people feel safe. You know, we've seen a continued trend of criminalization at the hands of the Toronto police. Um, there's been dehumanization in the rhetoric that's used, whether that be by politicians or by the media itself. We've got our eyes, by the way, on the Iowa caucus later tonight. By the way, we're leading in the polls by a lot, not just this poll. We're leading nationally. By the way, uh, that's an election down in the United States of uh, two dudes who, by the way, if you said, would you let either of them drive, by the way? Like, hey, you can run the most powerful country in the world, but would you get in a car with one of them if they had to drive? And finally, Peel, the region of Peel, how about you guys do better? Don't call 911. Here's an example. Here's a lady having a senior moment, and let's, uh, I mean, we don't know who this woman is. But this is the best you can do as your example, not to call 911, this old lady that makes a mistake? 911, do you need police, fire, or the ambulance? No, I need the, uh, the bank on um, uh, Westwood Mall phone number. Okay, ma'am? Yes? Do you have a life-threatening emergency right now? No. Okay, 911 is for life-threatening emergencies? Or major crimes in progress. I do and not they're telling us, I'm, I'm sure they do have a problem, but I'm guessing if you do have a problem, maybe come up with a better example. Our rundown is next on the iHeartTalk Radio Network. News Talk Tonight is on with your host, Jim Richards, on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. That is actually true. Thank you very much for your time. The Buffalo Bills are winning. There is peace in the land, although I'm guessing, depending on where you're listening to us right now, dude, let's do an example. Tony, name a city that's uh, on the network. Just shout one out. I'm going to say Windsor is on the network. Detroit, Detroit fans. What about you? Do you have a, uh, you have a team you want to just shout it out? Uh, Tony, Tony took the words right out of my mouth. Windsor, of, I was going to say Windsor. Windsor I don't know right about Montreal. Mouth. Like Toronto is a has adopted Buffalo. What is what about Montreal? I'm not sure. Boston. Have they adopted Boston? The Patriots. Text me at seven ten ten. What a great segment that was right now. Uh, there's a congressman in the United States. He's very angry that the game was on Peacock, which isn't even one of the top streamers down in the United States. Uh, So what did he do? You're talking about streaming. And this congressman is angry at the NFL and at NBC for airing it on Peacock, which is NBC's streamer. So what did he do? He wrote a letter. Not an email. (laughs) Not a phone call. He wrote a letter. 
This guy's really up on today's technology. That guy should probably be mad if he's writing letters to complain to somebody. By the way, did you know yesterday, this is interesting, I think, the highest streaming day in internet history yesterday because of that football game in America. Also, Peacock was by far the top streamer yesterday. That's what's going to happen with the NFL. All your sports are going to be on streamers probably in the next 10 years, folks. And you're going to have to talk to grandpa or grandma, mom and dad to tell them how you download. This is only in America, but I'm guessing if they don't have a streamer, they're going to have to do the same thing. By the way, the Dolphins lost uh, recently. So let's get into our, what we call our rundown with the lovely and talented, I didn't say Ottawa, uh, Chris Holsky joins us right now. He is one of the many amazing talents that CFRA is happy to have. Chris, is there an adopted team on behalf of all of uh, Ottawa when it comes to the NFL or is it like pretty random? Man, I really can't say for sure. There are a lot of Buffalo Bills fans here, but there are also a lot of Green Bay Packers fans and Dallas Cowboys fans and Green Bay Packers fans laughing at the Dallas Cowboys fans and New England (laughs) Patriots fans wondering if Dallas Cowboys fans will soon have their coach, Bill Belichick, in the future. I'm a 49ers fan personally, but now I've got to think about Green Bay for the next week. It, uh, if you're a uh, fan of the Cowboys, why wouldn't it be Bill Belichick to the Cowboys? That looks like the, I mean, I think it looks like the team with the best roster, too, for him to uh, jump ship. And finally, Laura Babcock of Power Group Communications. Everybody knows and loves Laura Babcock of the O Show as well. Laura, did you, are you guys Buffalo Bill fans in your household? No, and you know, I dated a guy in university who was all about the Dolphins, so, you know, couldn't be a Bills fan, but I got to tell you, I love the Cowboys. I've always just loved the Cowboys, loved really? the gear, loved the team, yeah, and when I used to play Madden, you know, that video game, I would have Emmett Smith always do the running plays, and I would always win, loved it. <laughs> there was, uh, I was listening to a Miami show earlier today, and they had this stat with their great basketball player, Dwayne Wade. Won college championships uh, and played an entire career, had a statue pull, put up. And in all of that time, the Dolphins didn't win one playoff game, which I thought was kind of interesting. Let's, <laughs> let's get into some of the big uh, issues. First, this I, I have to almost say shame on the region of Peel, which if you do not know if you're across Canada... I get it. Nobody should be calling 911 for stupid reasons, but I would just think that if you're going to bring it up and you're going to have your mayor threaten uh, that, say, hey, you should get charged if you call 911 for no reason, try to make it not sound like a 90 year old lady having a senior moment. 911, do you need police, fire, or the ambulance? No, I need the, uh, the bank on um, uh, Westwood Mall phone number. Okay, ma'am? Yes. Do you have a life-threatening emergency right now? No. Okay, 911 is for life-threatening emergencies or major crimes in progress. I do not have the phone number of any banks in the area. Oh, okay. Okay, this is not an appropriate use for 911. There's lots of people who have real emergencies. I don't know. I I get it. I'm sure that it's a real problem, Chris. I just thought it was a really bad example to put that lady out there. I don't know how many people identified her voice. I don't know if they asked permission. But to say, hey, we've got a real problem, and this is how bad it is, and then it's an old lady making, I don't know, a senior, <laughs> like it's a senior's moment to illustrate how bad it is to call 911 when you don't have an emergency. 
I agree. That's a bad choice. It does sound like an attempt to call 411 that went awry. And you can hear it, unfortunately, in the dispatcher's voice as well about the number of times they do get calls that aren't correct. It's something, according to stats, uh, reading in the story about this today, 40% are calls that shouldn't be made to the 911 line. And it sounds like someone who has received calls like this, he would have liked to hear a little bit more patience. But uh, I can I can see how uh, maybe it's running thin from operators points. But to suggest that you know, hey, let's find people if we're not using it properly. That's a preposterous suggestion to begin with. You need to try to educate as much as possible because there are still going to be instances, even if you do try to inform people what should happen, um, where something like this can still go awry. Yeah, I'd like to find out. If, yeah, I know. I, I don't. I know Toronto never does this by releasing these things, but Peel and York seem to do it. And it's a good message to get out there to make sure that you know. But I know my experience is calling nine one one when I there was a person with a, with a syringe chasing people into the street in front of cars and stabbing people with a syringe. I called nine one one, and the lady's like, and. Uh, what do you want us to do? I was like, uh, don't you think it's an emergency? The la- la- lady is now lying on Queen Street in front of a streetcar, and she's like, oh, it's, it can't be a priority right now. Release those, uh, th- that audio. That's what I want to hear. But Laura, <laughs> do you think this is a bad... I, I, I just think it's a bad example. I have no problem believing that people are abusing the system, but, I mean, come on, do better with your example if you're going to be uh, humiliating yeah. somebody. Yeah, someone who's calling up and, you know, being a jerk or drunk or high or just being stupid or, you know, I just watched the movie Guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't recommend it. It's really boring, but it's all about a 911 operator and all the calls they get, right? And this doesn't rank as the abuse that those lines get. You can hear the frustration in the operator's voice. Uh, I'm sure that they feel a tremendous amount of pressure. So the way that you do this is by public awareness, you know, to threaten a fine, especially as you said on an example where it just sounds like somebody, it wasn't like the person was being belligerent and or demanding or arrogant. They just said, oh, okay. You know, like it was a simple mistake. So it's not a good example for this kind of public awareness campaign. Uh, And fines aren't going to solve the thing. But I I do have to say my experience calling 911, I thought someone was breaking into my apartment when I lived alone. Uh, and I was on TV at the time and I was concerned and the 911 operator talked me through the whole thing until they could check it out. So, you know what, there's some very That's patient 911 uh, operators. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're amazing. Yeah. Well said. Thank you very much. Okay. The Liberals, the NDP, the Bloc accused the Conservatives of stalling the Canadian-Ukraine free trade deal because they are all because they think that Trudeau is trying to imprint his uh, carbon tax on a place that is probably ahead of us with carbon taxes and the way they feel about climate change. It is just so petty and ridiculous. And to, to me, it appears like, I don't know, uh, Pierre Polyev, I know some people are going to think I'm nuts, but it, to me it looks like Pierre Polyev is appeasing the part of his party who is pro-Russia and don't think there's mm-hmm. not part of his party that's pro-Russia, but that's all that this is. The dumbness of doing a victory lap about carbon uh, tax when Ukraine is ahead of us on that, the dumbness of doing that when they're fighting Russia is just mm-hmm. like, are you like you'll you'll do anything in order to get press to pound Trudeau? Mm-hmm. You'll you'll sacrifice Ukraine just because you're so petty that you'll do anything to pound Trudeau? It just it's ridiculous to me, Laura. 
it's dangerous. You know, it's you're giving me now the name Petty Polyev, I think is going to stick with me. Um, it's not just that it's petty to score these stupid points and to make a case that you'd have to be dumb to even believe is true. It's that it's dangerous. It sends a signal to Putin that Canada could bend away if Polyev wins. Brutal. Uh, we'll have our friend Chris Holsky uh, chime in on that in a second and some of the bigger news stories of the day. And we'll ask them how they're feeling on a blue Monday, apparently the most depressing day of the year. And the text message says, uh, I'm depressing them. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome back to News Talk Tonight with Jim Richards on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. I got to say that uh, there are times when you do interviews and people on the text board will be like, way to hold that person to account. Uh, they said this, they said this. But on Friday, I did an interview with one of the members of the Palestinian youth movement who is, I don't want to say they are directly responsible for some of the protests in Toronto. And I know there's been uh, anti-Israel protests by people who are, or pro-Palestinian protests for people right across the country, right across North America, actually. And I understand that passion, but in Toronto, it was deemed that they were targeting communities where Jewish people no longer felt safe. But when I was interviewing this woman, uh, and in Toronto, I think the police have gone above and beyond to bend, in football, they call it bend, not break defense, above and beyond to uphold, to uh, keep the peace. And now it's uphold the law. But this person that I was talking to, again, I mean, if I, uh, people were like, whoa, why didn't you uh, call her to uh, call her out on this or call her out on that, man? Every second thing that she said was something that I kind of objected to, including, at least in this case, in this city. And I, I'm sorry to make it so Toronto-y, but there have been cases of people at pro-Palestinian um, uh, marches threatening to kill a dude in front of police. Nothing happened bringing coffee to protesters who they didn't want to be on the overpass that they've shut down. And um, the, the list could go on. And this person on, on Friday said to me, You know, we've seen a continued trend of criminalization at the hands of the Toronto police. Um, there has been dehumanization in the rhetoric that's used, whether that be by politicians or by the media itself. I don't, may, I, may, I don't know, I... I, I, I've not seen it that because of the color of the skin, that's why people are against some of these protests. It's not new to see the police uh, speak about folks um, who are not white in, in this dehumanizing, criminalizing manner. Um, it's a consistent trend, and, and this, to me, is a continued trend of that uh, behavior. I think people have been very sympathetic. I mean, I know I'm sympathetic. I uh, think Israel has the right to defend itself, but... I got to tell you, I uh, I don't know that this is the way it's going to end. I don't. I think that this is just a. I mean, any any movie when you kill somebody, like there's somebody's going to want to avenge it. I don't think that this gets rid of Hamas unless it just gets rid of Hamas for now. But bigger picture: three anti-Israel protesters arrested for defying bridge uh, uh, bridge um, protest. So what about Ottawa, Chris? What's going on there? And have these protests been getting in the way of people enjoying Ottawa on the weekend? Well, this does not name names specifically, but interestingly, 
This statement was sent out at 3.56 this afternoon from the Ottawa Police Service, saying cooperation between police services, bylaw and regulatory service, and some demonstration organizers has been constructive, but challenges persist. It continues. Unfortunately, incidents involving disrespectful behavior by certain individuals towards law enforcement, including the unintentional, or sorry, not the unintentional, the intentional use of loud sound reproduction devices in close proximity and physically interfering with officers has been observed. So they actually have a list out of some pertinent criminal code sections, including charges that could be laid in course during a demonstration. It seems like there is, and normally if the police service is sending out a response like this, there is a button that's getting pushed somewhere, whether it's internally, maybe some kind of influence externally, even though there are limits to how much outside influence can come here, about a lack of patience when it comes to dealing with demonstrations of any sort. Of course, Ottawa had its own issues with demonstrations and how to deal with them uh, within the last 24 months. Sure. Uh, What about you, Laura? Because don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm pro-peaceful protest, but I'd keep it out of communities where people feel unsafe. They've, uh, we've seen all sorts of different businesses be attacked in the Toronto area, Jewish businesses, that is. So your thoughts, Laura? Well, we need to have some rules in this country and we need to balance people's right to protest peacefully with laws that are perceived to be broken or as we just heard that list of things that police identified. I mean, I have spoken up, as you know, vociferously when there was an an encampment protest where there was a knee put on the neck of one of the protesters um, and there were charges that were filed that we got dropped because it was unfair, right? So police, if they're going to enforce whatever laws they, they need to enforce in these protests, they have to do it reasonably. They cannot be, you know, do anything that is inappropriate and protesters have to learn. That in this country, there are rules. If you're protesting on an overpass and you've been told it's not safe, it's distracting, there's live traffic under, these protests have to stop, then they have to stop. So there's a balance we have to strike. And I hope that police forces are learning it and they're communicating the rules ahead of time so that protesters don't inadvertently end up getting arrested. We need to communicate better. I had a whole bunch of callers earlier today on the iHeart Talk radio network about whether or not the CEBA deadline should be extended. That is for small businesses. Man, my heart breaks for a business that was told to shut down, opens up, there's a shorter a shortage of workers, and then maybe when you get in the swing of things, there is a inflation crisis that, and a lot of restaurants didn't change their price points because they knew it was better to have people bums in seats than, uh, than ha- raise prices and have no bums in seats. So now they're asking to extend that deadline. A whole bunch of callers agreed that it is the right thing to do earlier today. But uh, you know what? The government enticed everybody to take this loan. We're all in this together. So now they got to extend it. I mean, it is what it is. Sorry. You know, you can't just, uh, you know, just get people lured. It's all businesses that uh, their clientele may not be as well-to-do or they're in a poorer neighborhood. The or owner whatever. was quite stressful, and I asked about it. I teach uh, financial math, and I said, hey, what's going on? And she talked about her SIBA loan and how the day before she'd gone to the bank to start negotiating because the deadline is, is looming, and she was offered an uh, interest rate of 10.7%. That's not going to help flow to business, Chris. Your thoughts, should it be extended? I, I think it should be, but at the same time, here we are. It's Monday. The deadline is Thursday. They've been, You've had 
different interest groups begging for this to be extended long term for some time and only got three weeks. I, I highly doubt that that any last minute relief is coming. What stinks about this? I first talked with Dan Kelly about this back last summer is that here we were in 2021 or 2022 and we were coming back from outside of the shutdowns that happens over the course of the pandemic thinking, OK, great. This business made it through this favorite spot that I like to go through every week. But this entire SEBA payback is it's like there's been like a like a sleeping giant that that we just that's just been woken up that, that these businesses that we thought that we loved that we were going to keep supporting had made it through. And then maybe we could find out a few days from now that maybe not. Maybe they didn't survive the pandemic. It's awful. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Laura. I think that the government needs to put its focus on collecting money back from people who abused the pandemic provisions that were made uh, for large companies that aren't paying their fair share and let these businesses have some more relief. I mean, if you've gone to a restaurant lately, January is a very low, slow month. But even in the drive throughs people don't have the money. There's an affordability crisis. And if this government meant what Trudeau said during the pandemic, we're here, we're with you, we'll get this, through this together. Well, heads up. The pandemic is not over in the sense of the impact on businesses. So they need to extend it. It's the right thing to do. And it's a pittance compared to some of the money that flows out the door for other larger corporate interests in this country. On Friday, we interviewed Sylvain Charlebois. It seems to be a story today, so we'll talk about it. But he told us... Today's response coming from Loblaw that concerned me a little bit, to be honest, Jim, uh, they they do claim that they decided to go ahead with the 30% policy to align... Uh, themselves with the competition. So aligning yourself with the competition, that sounds like collusion, does it not? And if you don't know, the story is they're getting rid of their 50% off tags on things that are one day before, best before, and going with 30%. It seems in this climate right now, Chris, to be, and I'm sorry, I only have 30 seconds here, to be pretty gross. It's a lot of crap. Dave Nickel probably turning in his grave over something like this. Mm. He was the guy that would try to get people to switch supermarkets to go to Loblaws, and he would never pull a stunt like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's yes. disgusting, Jim. I, 800 people fed on Saturday in a food line downtown Hamilton. Uh, for grocers to be doing this kind of stuff right now, it's terrible. Yeah, it is. It's it's really something else. You know, I, I want to go a little break to a little late to this break. I was watching Vashi Gopalos yesterday, and John Kretchen was on, and he was defending how well the country is doing in that, you know, our economy compared to other G7s, it's like it's leading in every kind of thing that you would measure with. But I'm like, okay, your landlord wants to increase your rent or you're trying to buy groceries. You can't tell the teller or your landlord, hey, did you know how great we're doing in the G7? It's not that's not how it works. So he just seemed to be disconnected from uh, what the real everyday problems are. And I hope that's not indi- well. It probably is indicative of his party, guys. Thank you very much for your time, Laura Babcock, Power Group Communications, and the O Show. Chris Holsky, who is a well, he runs everything at uh, CFRA. Chris, thanks for your time as well. Thanks, Jim. All right. Blue Monday is the day. What does that mean? Well, you'll find out next on the iHeartTalk Radio Network. This is News Talk Tonight with Jim Richards on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. All right. Very well done by Noah playing Blue Monday. On a blue Monday, 
Our, uh, our guest better know the answer to the first question because I'll be very angry. Megan Reddick joins us right now. She's the vice president at Trails Canada talking about Blue Monday. Thank you, Megan. How are you? I am great, Jim. Thanks for having me on tonight. Why is it, Tony, do some research. Sorry, I'm yelling at Tony right on the air, but that's the way I do it. If <laughs> Megan doesn't know the answer, Tony, you better be ready to sweep in and give us the answer. Because I knew the answer two hours ago, but I've forgotten. Now, legitimately, I know most of it. Blue Monday. Why is today called Blue Monday, Megan? The New Order song that you just played? <laughs> Wait no. a second. You're here on this radio station. Very prestigious show, coast to coast across Canada on the iHeart Talk Radio Network. Find the podcast wherever great or really bad podcasts are. I swear you'll be able to find us. Just follow and subscribe. You don't even have to put yourself through the pain of listening. Just follow and subscribe. You're here to talk about Blue Monday, and you do not know why this Monday Day, January the 14th, 2024, is discerned Blue Monday, Megan? Oh, I do, I do. Okay, tell us. It is the most depressing day of the year, and they have been doing this for, for many, many, many years now, and there's so many reasons why. That you can't, well, I'm asking you for the reasons. Yeah, there's lots of issues related to depression, anxiety, affordability. Okay. You know, the... The holiday bills are... Uh, that's one of up, them. Yeah. Right? yeah. And people can't afford. They're like, oh my gosh, look what I've got myself into. Housing affordability is at an all-time high. There are lots of reasons for the cold, depressing days of the, the year. Okay. I think, cold, I think you got it. I, I think you got it. Because I, I, somebody, somebody on this very radio station earlier today... Uh, was saying why, and I knew two of the three of them were short days, gets dark really early, Christmas bills coming in, but there was one other factor. Tony, do you know the other factor? No, it's cold. Okay, and it's cold, so nobody goes outside. All right, so that brings us to you. That brings us to you because you're here to tell us that on a Blue Monday, the thing to do is to get outdoors. Do you not find, especially, I mean, in Edmonton on uh, the weekend, it's like minus 42, 53 with the wind chill. Here it's going to be uh, cold in many parts of Quebec and uh, Ontario over the next little while. Going to be lower than minus 10 in a lot of areas without the wind chill. Okay. Is it hard to get people to go outside? It is. It is. People are saying, you know, why should we get outside? I could be cozying up with my good book and streaming Netflix. But this is why we developed this campaign. We need to give Canadians a reason and motivate them and entice them, right, to get outside, get active, get healthy, because it's good for their physical and mental health. What is the name of the campaign? It's called Turn Your Winter Blahs Into Ah. Oh, you, I was going to make you pronounce the extra H's <laughs> that you put on ah, and you actually did. Actually so did in terms of the ah's, yeah. uh, Canada, despite how cold many places might be, you would say 
if you bundle up, you can still have that sort of, I mean, I think we talk about this whenever we talk about mental health, that getting outside, whether it's exercising or I guess going for a walk can be exercise, but Mm -hmm. that being outdoors does have an effect on our mental health. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. So, you know, we always talk about the saying, I don't know who originated the saying, but we have adopted it. But There's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. So get outside, bundle up, and, you know, you are going to reap the amazing physical and mental health benefits that the trail has to offer. Okay. We're talking about the uh, Trans-Canada Trails. 98% of the trails are accessible during this time of year? Uh, Well, 98% of users tell us they use the trail for their mental health, but no, not all 98% of our trails are open this time of year. All right. Um, In Toronto, I would think all of them are. Uh, We have a really great system here. We have... You know the Martin Goodman Trail, Great Lakes Waterfront. This is a national Valley. show. What about what about uh, you can get outside in Van in in Ottawa, right? Like this. What about yep. Montreal? Where can we go in Montreal? Yep, Montreal, beautiful Le Petit Train du Nord. Uh, we've got La, La Chine Canal, gorgeous uh, pathways out there. Um, yeah, most of the trail is open in the winter, and the best way to find out is to go to tctrail.ca. We have an interactive map, Jim, that allows people to go on and you can kind of see what's open and closed and kind of judge for yourself whether or not that's a, a, you know, a trail close to you that you want to join. Because 80% of Canadians are actually live within 30 minutes of the trail. And these are all things that you can do for free. Yeah, that's uh, the other, you know, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing about TransCanada Trails. It's free. And so... Uh, you know, all the affordability issues that we're facing, you know, Canadians can get out, get access. It doesn't cost them anything, really, to go out and and reap these benefits. And what other uh, advantages to being outside and not being cooped up? Because you're right. Well, you know what? I, I, what was the expression again? There's not. There's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing bad options. Bad clothing. Yeah. I don't know if that's true when it's minus fifty three, but I get your point. Yeah. For you're going to want to stay safe. Uh, if it's minus fifty three and the government is telling you to stay home, I mean, you you do kind of want to listen. But but even like thirty minutes, you don't have to be an avid outdoorsy person to do you know an eight hour expedition. Like thirty minutes outside can help you really feel less stressed and decrease your anxiety, more relaxed. The fresh air raises your oxygen levels in the brain, you know, increases serotonin levels, all those good things. And that's what we're trying to do here is get people to feel less stressed this time of year. All right. Uh, Any place that you're sending people to find out more information about these trails? Yeah, well, actually, we also have a social media contest that people can win some prizes. They go online and hashtag TransCanadaTrail. They can win weekly prizes if they share videos and pictures of themselves outside. And you can learn more at tctrail.ca. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have yourself a great night. Yeah, thank you so much. You too. The Blas to Oz. You know what I'd like to do? I don't know if we have time, but maybe you could text us and tell us what things that you would do to try to get yourself out of a funk 
on this blue Monday. What changed for Bitcoin and why should you or shouldn't you be excited about it next on the iHeart Talk Radio Network?